The mayors in black want you to know that we think black lives matter. People of color matter. LGBTIQA plus lives matter. People with disabilities matter. We think all populations that have been systemically oppressed matter. We hear you. We see you. We know we benefit from these systems and we want to be better allies. everybody. Welcome to the Mayors of Black podcast number 81. This is the newscast for October. Happy Halloween. I'm Heather. Uh, I am joined by my lovely co-host Jacqueline. <laughs> this is the model podcast for hobbyists by hobbyists. Um, Yay. How's it going, Jax? Oh, it's going. You're wearing it's a lovely going. dress today. I thank you very much. It's a little tiny bit big, which was a surprise. <laughs> Oh, lucky you. I just, I just keep getting fatter. Yeah, actually, you know what I think has done me no favors. Well, I think I, I honestly, I think what it is, is is I'm not drinking wine after, after work at night. Oh yeah. I mean, if I I just stopped drinking wine, I'd be a size six. I'm almost positive. That's a hundred percent of what it is, which makes me sad. I know. Right. Alcohol put it on you, man. I know. Like, oh, I'm like, like I still come home. Like I come home and I pour myself a glass of tonic water. Like it's gin oh, i slam that down i'm like oh yeah that's good that's the and I, and stuff then, and then i'm like and, I, and then i have this moment where i'm like i have completely retrained my brain to this weird I, i'm like i still don't i'm like i'm not sure this is exactly a healthy relationship to tonic water either but whatever uh, yes and then it occurred to me i can get my fancy flavored ones through drizzly so yeah yay yeah so I don't yeah. have to drive the target. because I, I mean, if that. it makes you feel any better when my dad was in AA, all the people, uh, all the people that were fresh off the boat, all either drink club soda with lime or tonic water to, you know, to kind of mimic. Yeah. Well, I tried to, I tried club soda for a while and I just, and I even got the flavored ones and I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, they just didn't do it. They didn't really click, and I would I would open a, a little bottle of club soda, and it would go flat in my fridge, and I'd you know mm-hmm. then find them and be like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot about this. Yeah, um, tonic, tonic water has that quinine in it that tastes. Yeah, it's a little bitter and alcoholic, grown up tasting. Yeah, <laughs> and now my my Facebook is just a wash in non alcoholic uh, wine subs. You know, and and I was sitting there, I've gotten burned too many times on you know buying the wine that tastes oh it's chardonnay no this is, tastes like apple juice to me or, right or the seed lip which was like you know they would have been really good but they tasted very watered down straight up yeah and you put them in a mixer and they just disappeared yeah um you know so i'm like i'm getting all so i'm like i'm like i'm not i'm not like spending and they're not cheap either like i'm not no. spending you know, money on a case of, oh no, it tastes exactly like wine. No, we're having a tasting first and I will make that decision because yeah, that's the some, thing, of, like, some of you people I don't think actually ever drank wine. When I wine. sent you that, like my feed was full of that stuff and it's all, mm-hmm. oh, you know, because apparently the alcohol-free movement among like oh, yeah, it's, younger it millennials be... and Gen Z is huge, right? Yeah. So to have all this, you know, we just put bitters in it, it tastes just like alcohol and I'm like, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Well, I mean, if I could find a wine substitute that tasted like a Pinot Grigio, I would drink that. Yeah. However, you know, this the Chardonnay didn't taste like Chardonnay to me. 
No, it's it's all too sweet. Yeah. Blech. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's too sweet. Like, like it, maybe if you were like a sweet wine person, it'd be it, okay. But yeah, it, but I was just like, yeah, this is rather something. drink grape juice if we're going to go that way. Yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, uh, like, like if I was at a wine tasting, I'd be like, yeah, I know somebody else can have this one. <laughs> it's uh, so. So, yay, I guess. So, in other news, since we recorded the last podcast last month, we're kind of on a, like a one-month thing these mm. days. Uh, we got two more cats. <laughs> <laughs> Heather got two. No, I think we talked about that. Did we talk the about the kittens? One. We did. Because that was like, you. it was the day you got them. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Well, there's yeah. one asleep by my feet, and it's very cute. It is very cute. They went I'm to the enjoying. vet today. They're all good. Good. I've been enjoying the pictures of them. They are cute. They are. They're so, but they're so hard to tell apart unless you can see the, I mean, it'll get better when they get older. But yeah. right now it's just it's like, like which little, one is that? Two little black oh, boys. Unless I see the one, uh, Jeff, that has the white on his chest. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for all the shout outs and compliments to the show and especially all the social media, you know, nag brags and fun stuff you're posting that uh, Jackie reshares. Yeah, uh, actually, I've got I I've actually got a nice little cue on the nag brags. Yeah, nice. we had a bunch of nag brags yeah. the last couple of weeks. So if you have a yeah. nag brag, send it to us. We, we people are also starting to tag us for stuff for Feature Friday too, which nice. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I saw Tegan's today that looked yeah. really good. That's a beautiful horse she made. Mm, it is. Uh, we have a new country, Heather. I know. After all my bitching and whining, we got a new country. Yeah, like 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 we had just sent that podcast out, and like twenty four hours later, we're like, "Is that Iceland? Did we get Iceland? I had to, we know like, Iceland? Like, what's going on? You know." So we wanted to thank Jessica Hatcher who went on vacation and downloaded <laughs> nine episodes. Apparently, and brought us with her. <laughs> so the mayors go to Iceland with Jessica. Yeah, we were very excited about um, that. There's a link funny. on the blog to her pictures on Instagram if you want to look at them. <laughs> she looks very cold. She looks, she looks happy <laughs> as crap, though. She's she like, does. She's like, like me when I was up in Svalbard, like, I'm freezing, but this is, this awesome. is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant to say, if we if you have any nag brags or feature Fridays, uh, send them to info at bearsblack.com. Yeah. Also, any corrections or anything like yeah, that yeah. as well. Because if you send them to me on Instagram, that's where I'm going to direct you to send them. <sighs> so what so are we talking about this, this on time? On this show, uh, we're going to talk about H- Hagen Rineker. Um, we were going to talk about it last show and things got a little upended. Um, we were going to talk to Christina Lucas Francis, but she wanted to hold until she uh, got her poop in a group a little bit better with mm-hmm. what's going on. So uh, we decided that really late. So we just scotched the whole yeah. we excised that from the show. But for this show, I uh, I went and grabbed um, some really uh, dedicated uh, Hagen Renneker fans and collectors, Liz Rose, Barb Ness and Tom Brainbridge. They're also all um, kind of in the same friend group together. Mm-hmm. They're a circle of friends. And they were gracious enough to join the call and, and talk through their thoughts on Hagen Renneker. I'll be excited to hear this because this happened quickly while I was at Comic Con. If yeah, I, I mean, correctly. I like they, the only day they could do it was like Sunday night, and I yeah. wasn't. I know you were coming home, and I wasn't going to be like, "Hey, interview." I know you're exhausted. <laughs> I know you're half dead. <laughs> so yeah, um, 
But also, um, there was a late-breaking announcement from Christina um, herself that we'll discuss mm-hmm. when we get down to the subject matter. Okay, excellent. All right. Uh, I think that's it. We'll be right mm-hmm. back with the news. Yay. The Mayors in Black would like to thank our newest patrons, Stephanie Blaylock and Jenna Wozniak. And as always, our herd nerds, Allison Paris, Andrea Brigadier, Ann Field, Ann Hudson, Ashley J, Bree Cundiff, Brianna Ashkar, Chris Walbrook, CJC, Cynthia Wyatt Briley, Danny Boyko, Danielle Feldman, Darlene Stoddard, Eclectic Equines, Elaine Boardway, Gail Berg, Grace Bachism, Haley Walker, Heather Bullock, Heather Jackson Lane, Heather Wisner, Heather Zeiger, Jana Wright, Jenny Lambert, Jennifer Wilson, Julie Ward, Katie Niles, Kelly Weimer, Kenzie Williamson, Chrysalis Studios, Kira Matrajek, Katie Murata, Laura Heidkamp, Levi Kroll, Lisa Esping, Lori Larson, Mackenzie Ferguson, Madison Parkinson, Maeve King Devery, Mary Reardon, Megan Smith, Megan Rochelle, Mel Boynes, Melissa Addison, Melissa Hart, Michael Price, Nakani Mead, Nancy Dement, Robbie Ramirez, Samantha Bucker, Sandra Gibson, Sarah Hampson, Susan Boyer, Tara Rich, Tammy Blankenship, Teresa Bazell, Tiffany Rufo, Tracy Calamar, and Yashka Howland. The Mayor's thank you. the news uh Yay. we start with mares and black we don't have much news for us right now no but we do have patreon we do <laughs> we tell do about it, jackie i'll tell you about it if you go to patreon.com and search for a bottle horse podcast or search for mares and black you'll find us uh come and join us there are 118 of us now Woo. uh you get discord um right off the bat and discord our discord is a lot of fun yes like it's a nice little community, and we talk about all kinds of things, and it's a good group. I like it. It is. Uh, I wanted to mention we were we've been working on restocking swag to do for the store. Mm. One of the big things was the t-shirts. We just made a new pink t-shirt, and then we promptly gave them all away. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um. So the issue now is, uh, just like everything else in the world right now, uh, the shipping orders is affecting. Um, custom ink um, so custom ink yeah. um, doesn't have the pink we need um, I may shop around and see if I can find someone else that does but I suspect it's going to be the same everywhere so yeah I mean just I, I ordered an eek from Briar the day they went on sale I got it yesterday oh wow yeah a month crazy 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 um, also uh, for the Patreon, we are going to uh, rejigger the tiers in uh, January, probably rejigger yeah. who gets what um, and what's available on what level. Um, we've kind of been lax about enforcing some of the stuff. Um, so we need to kind of uh, be more regimented about that going into the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our Patreons, we are going to have a nice little Christmas surprise for you. Yes. All right. Moving on to NAMSA. Nansa! The heck did we do this? I just messed everything up. Uh, so I am not a voting, I am not a NAMSA member, so I did not get this email um, because it is about a ballot. 
Um, it looks like they're going to try to separate the unhook the presidential and vice president um, positions, which, which they is, should have done a is, long time ago. But bravo for doing oh, hold it. Hold on. Hold on. We tried and it failed. Really? Yes. Because it was it was when I was one of the times I was president. What, we tried the it, will of the voters didn't want it. Yeah, it tried and it didn't work. That's wacky. I agree. It was a while ago and it was much more contentious. Uh, they're going to clarify the wording for removing an officer, or regional rep or whatever, because that is currently very difficult. And it's been rare when you've needed to kind of try and remove somebody. But when you have a, a situation where you feel that there's somebody who's being so problematic that they have to be removed, it bogs everything down. Uh, having also been in that situation where we tried to have somebody removed, yeah, I mean, and it took it took. I was going to say I can only think one of one time yeah. I remember a like a straight out problematic one to yeah. everybody in the hobby member. Yeah, and it it didn't it didn't go well, and I, I actually sure think they. And it went and like it just and it was just a hot mess for months and months and months. Like we probably had a year that nothing happened because of this person. Yeah. Um. And I want to say. I want to say they tried twice and it went through on the second time. Yeah, that sounds right, because I remember yeah. it the first time people started getting started getting in the region's business that weren't yeah. part of the region and it. Yeah, the backlash. It caused backlash, and then yeah. when the region when the region went, oh yeah, hang on, this is actually a problem that right. got taken care of. Um, and everybody's going, what? Go! I'm sure if you go back far enough in the Namsa news, you can figure it's, it out. I mean, it's not that long ago, is it? I don't know. It, it is actually. <laughs> it is things that happened like okay, so like at work. We have a relief vet coming in who is a relief vet I worked with very briefly when I worked. Oh, at, I remember you saying Crestgill. something about this. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, she was this this person. I'm not going to say her name because I can't pronounce it. But this person <laughs> was this person. This person and I were hired at Crestgill at about the same time. She didn't make it through the 90 day probation period. And I'm talking about it, and because people, because of course people come to me. Do you know this person? And I'm like, mm, yeah. Have you worked with her? I'm like, mm, yeah. And they're like, well, what's she like? And I was like. Well, uh, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, that was 10 years ago. Actually, it was more than 10 years ago, um, you know, because I worked at Crestkill for six years. I worked at Rutherford for five. I've been at Little Falls for one. So that's like 12 years ago. And like, I'm like, I know what she was like, you know, fairly soon after graduating and had a lot of shit going on. And and it was 12 years ago. I don't know what she's like now. <laughs> she may be great now. You don't know. I, I she could well, be totally nuts. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it might be because this is a, a shockingly small profession. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Like every time I anyway. hear you talk about, hey, I walked into the blood. It was this guy who was into blood and this other yeah. guy that I knew from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's shockingly small. <laughs> even here, even here, like where there's a lot of veterinarians, it's like, oh, yeah. Damn. Um, they're also going to create a new role for a representative speaker of the House position. It's going to establish a chain of command in the case of the loss of primary le leadership of the president of the VP, like somebody has medical things go on or whatever. Uh, you know, that smart. happens a lot, too. Yeah. So um, so if you're a voting member uh, of NAMSA, be on the lookout for that. And. Uh, and vote, vote, vote. And vote, vote, vote. 
they also uh, have started publishing uh, in the like, like newsletter style recent show picks. Yeah. Which I think is great. I do too. Um, so for member shows, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're at a show and take some great picks, you know, send them to, uh, I think PR is Stacey Faraci over at, uh, uh yeah, it's uh, the, the, uh, the address they want you to send them to is public dash relations at namsa.org. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. All right. It's time to run the gauntlet with Briar and there are 10,000 oh pieces God. of news. Well, cause it's that time of year it where the clubs are all reopening. Year. As of recording, we have not seen the appreciation thing go out yet. But it's that early usually for that dr- yet. So I thought Erin posted yeah. that her her email came around this time last year. Mm, I want it's it's. I think it's always closer to Christmas. I think. I don't least, know. Yeah. I don't remember. My memory's shot. Like I like I always feel like. Like I, I like Halloween is one of those things that I divide the year on. Like there's before and after Briarfest, there's before and after Halloween, and I always I feel like that's an after Halloween. Let me see. Erin Michelle. I know she posted it publicly. I get through ten thousand MBA posts. <laughs> Girl's busy. Give her a break. Uh oh, tis the season. See, yeah, she I has see. her her cart loaded for the shiny catch me on October twentieth. Oh, for last year. Yeah. Okay. All right, then I'm wrong. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe she was just pre gaming. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Anyway, the Collectors Club memberships are open. Yes. Um, open till the end of the year. So, I mean, the Collectors Club is what she, you 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 got to join that if you want to join. Premier Club, Stablemate Club, or Vintage Club. Vintage is sold out already. Yeah. So. yeah, so you can't join Vintage Club. But the other two are open-ended. Yep. Um, they also opened Vintage Club up to another 250 people. I know. It went up to 750 and they still yeah. sold out. Sold out. Still sold out. So good for them. But it, you don't have to join those other clubs if you join the Collector's Club. But right. the Collector Club also allows you to get in on the web specials and the Collector Club models like that Black Apple Hamilton from last, from this year. God, that's yep. still this year. <laughs> right? How long is this year anyway? Time is meaningless. So get on on that. There's a deluxe version if you want the stable mate. Uh, the, one of the Collector's Club horses they showed was Honey Bear, right? Yes, the, the, um, the drafter. Uh, the Georg. It's Georg. Yes, Georg. In a pretty chestnut pinto with very yeah, lacy very edges to his, to his markings. He's cute. Uh, the Premier Club has done its final reveal. This was a while mm. ago, but we haven't talked about it, so it's new to us. That's right. Um, this is Morgan's mare in full set, Morgan Kilborn. Um, it's a stock mare, I assume a quarter horse in her full. Yeah. Um, the mare is a corn spotted strawberry roan and the baby is chestnut Sabino and the, the mare is Sabino as well. Yeah. The um, mare's got a very nice, pleasant school horse look to her. The baby looks like he's full of sauce. I <laughs> love, I love the mare. There's something about the mare. I just dig. She's very kind looking. She is. She's got a great little face. I mean, she's kind of like lady face 2.0. I feel like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. But, like, she's probably a very good mom to that baby who's probably really obnoxious. Oh, yeah, she's probably seen a few foals. That's yeah. what she looks like. Anyway, they're lovely, and uh, they that's are. the third release, so we'll, I, you know, 
I'm not going to say when it's going to come out because who knows what shipping. Because we but, don't know. It's probably already <laughs> it's probably already made, but where it might be on where the planet is, right now, it could knows? be sit, sitting off Catalina Island in a Connex. We it don't know. It could be. We don't know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then still speaking about Premier Club, hold on to your hats. I got this email and immediately went and joined, rejoined Premier Club. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, I'm into that. Let's go." <laughs> so this isn't a Burl Arabian. Like this is Proud Arab Mare 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um one of the the two breeds that Bridget does everything pretty well. Don't get me wrong, right. but her two specialties are Arabians and warm bloods. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and this mare looks like a million dollars. Yeah, and I, I love, love the color. Her. It's designed by Milo Pierce. It's a uh, flaxen liver chestnut, but like that red, yeah. dark chestnut yeah. that they get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see the offside of it. I'm so curious. Yeah, I've only seen the one side, I, but I, I like that the the back end. Like she's got one pine leg that's cocked yeah. a little bit. I like yeah. that. I'm into so, it. So yeah, run to church, y'all. Run to church. I know the customizers out there are like, <laughs> they're like, we need more of these. Bring it immediately. <laughs> uh, so they haven't. Uh, we we don't know yet who the other sculptors are going to be or mm-hmm. anything like that. We just know the first one. They usually tease it around this time this year. So yeah. Uh, Dahlia, I think is actually. I think the the window for that is closed, but they're still being shipped. Mine's supposed to arrive today, actually. Yeah, I don't, and we haven't talked about the colors or anything like that. So, no, there's a there's a champagne, there's a chestnut. Yeah, there's pinto, a blue one. There's a blue one. There's a chestnut pinto, and there's a pintalusa. The black pintalusas. I haven't gotten mine yet. I'm hoping for that one. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping for that one or the blue one. The tidy bowl blue one. I like that blue. I don't know what to tell I'm you. I'm so distracted. The kittens are down here beating the crap out of each other. Like oh, one of Heather. them just like reared up on its hind legs and went wow all in on the other one and they're just rolling around it's like you should get them like one of those uh wrestling rings or the wrestling <laughs> dolls. Little bell. Ding, ding. yeah and, and just put that on tiktok like <laughs> people will love that <laughs> like i'm not kidding <laughs> no i know the the, the the posts of them playing do very well ow yeah. ow, 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 ow. here's here they are biting the crap out of you that's also ow. funny okay all right uh we talked oh, about the vintage club something i missed mm-hmm. um stable mate mini sharif oh yeah we haven't yeah talked they finally about mini sharif. they finally I mean, we, showed him we knew because of the yeah. the outline uh, outline but they have um actually released a picture of mini sharif yes i got the feeling like they sent this whole thing out about we're so sorry all of the shipping is screwed up and as as you know, as an offering, here is everything we have in the pipeline. <laughs> Please don't kill us. <laughs> so Sharif is chestnut Robicano, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, a, a more of a toasty brown rather than yeah. a red. Yeah, it's very pretty, though. I can't wait to see him mini. I know. I can't wait to get I'm him so, in my hands. I'm still so surprised because they the Wea did, you know, the curio size sculpture. I wouldn't have expected to see him also in Stablemate by an, another company, but. Never say she never. probably she probably sells the rights to a specific size. Oh yeah, I feel no, like I get that. I just I, uh, for I lack know. of a better explanation, I, I you know if I if I knew another company was producing a size up from it, I don't know if I would have gone with that sculpt. But Sharif is kind of 
he's you know, he's kind whatever. of iconic. Yeah. You know, but it's cool for us. Yay. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, like so, Jackie said, Vintage Club is sold out, so we'll mm-hmm. move on. Uh, uh, the pony for this year. Parody, parody. It's a bouncer. Sweater. I love the blanket. So this I'm, is gingerbread. Mm-hmm. And gingerbread has a little, you know, Christmas forest green blankie. It's very, very cute. It's very kind of Dutch. Yeah. In the pattern. Um, it, it's like Jack said, it's a chestnut bouncer. Um, pony for Christmas, one, one limit. And it's in their, uh, in their Christmas box decoration. Yeah. And he's still available right now. Yeah. Just open this up. Yep. Mm. Do, do, do. And what's the final thing? Oh, Briar on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. So I've never heard of this show, but yeah, me neither. When Stephanie uh, appeared to talk about the the Equine Industry Vision Award um, that mm-hmm. they won, and uh, Stephanie was invited to talk to Scott Knudsen about okay. uh, how she found her way to Briar, the fascinating history of the company, and of course, uh, plenty of fun anecdotes. I have not listened to it yet, but I am going to at some point this week. Okay, sweet. Congratulations, Briar. Right? Good for them. We love you guys. Uh, and Briar Fun Day went off the, this past weekend, and Jamie, uh, Jamie P. over at Briar's uh, shared some pictures from uh, their adventures from headquarters. So you've got, uh, you learned how to make um, a candy corn kind of costume for a stable mate mm-hmm. and a ghost outfit for a traditional. And uh, then they also had some pictures of all their Halloween horses. So that was pretty cool. That seemed to go pretty well. I feel like I, I, I was. What was I doing? Oh, it was last weekend. Yeah, I was. So I was at work and I had a thing going on on Sunday and I still feel like I saw a lot of stuff just, you know, on even on the skim that I was kind of doing on the social media. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people participated. I, I didn't. Uh, I had to work, so I didn't drop. Yeah, it. I had to work. So. Mm. Lame. Stupid jobs, anyway. I know, right? Can I just be paid to exist, please? Yeah, right? Uh, I'd like, what is it? The universal income the universal thing base, Yeah, because I feel like I would still work, but, like, part-time. Because I, I right? do enjoy my job when it's not, like, grinding me up against a wall, but... <laughs> which is all the time now. Which is yeah. all the time now. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, and I would like to have time to stay home and like do my crafty sh- crap. I, I'm, yeah, I'm swearing a lot in this pay, episode. Pay me what I make now at my job to do this podcast, because please, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Why are we not Joe Rogan? We're way smarter than he is. Because we're not dude bros, anyway. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Maybe I Don't shouldn't get, get started. started. Let's not get started. All right. Uh, um, no, nothing from Copper Fox right now. Yep, yeah, but we have a lot of other. A lot. Oh, yeah, we do. Because the China people. Horsing around, been- like, came up out of the dead all of a sudden. Um, and I saw this post an hour after it went up, so I didn't even bother to look because I'm like, that's got to be sold out. Oh, it's sold out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this is Morgan Kilburn's Ranch Mare. In uh, three colorways, so a, a, and and these are all very 
very nice. Yes. Um, a dap, very heavily dappled Palomino. That's a really nice shade of Palomino. Yeah. Um, a silver and a chestnut uh, frame Overo looks like. Um, that silver is phenomenal. It's lovely. Like, I, I, yeah, if I had seen this in time, like, I'm like, Oh, trying not to do like big China's like that, but I'll tell you what, if I had happened onto that <laughs> ad the second it went up, I would have been like, buy now. Yeah, I thank God I saw it after too, because I was like, yeah. oh, that fucking freaking base silver is gorgeous. That base silver is really pretty. And that's gotta be a hard color to do in, in has more than Donna China. She has. She's done Yeah, she has. She's done who? She's done. Oh, now I'm trying to run over all her horses in my head to try the to The one see. that starts, I thought it started with an M that she just did a mini version of. Max. Yeah. Maxi, yeah. I, I'm yes, he was sure in, he's China. in China. Yeah. Deputed Duke, but I think Tom did Deputed Duke, all right? Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of Deputed Dukes. Um, Was Kipling in China, the pony? Yes, the pony's in China. Okay. I feel like there's more, mm. but I'm blanking. Yeah. But anyway, what a lovely, lovely piece. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Congratulations, anyone that bought one. Yeah. yeah. If you decide you don't want that silver, well, it, yeah, come talk to me. Yeah, the other thing is, me. we need more stock horses in China. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's a super there's big a shortage dearth, of those. Dearth of them. Um, and then, oh, these are cool, too. Go ahead. Well, um, HA also released a couple of uh, stirrup uh, releases for... Tack makers, one is a safety sh- stirrup that has a little band on the side to break away. This is brilliant. I yeah. have wanted one of these for 30 years. <laughs> Super no realistic. Joke. Uh, they're also st- selling the stirrup treads separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're selling the round racing stirrups. Yeah. They're shaped like an oval with the small tread in the middle. Yeah, they're all, they're all they all look fantastic. Um. They're available in one six uh, scale, traditional, small, traditional, large, classic, and julep. Yep. So not quite stable. It's probably hard to do that in stable mean. But yeah, I would imagine. Ugh. But yeah, they. I mean, they. To look at them, you wouldn't guess how little they are. But ugh, amazing. I feel like horsing around's been like dormant, and then all of a sudden, like they all of a sudden got up and were like, "No, we're not dead." <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I, I cool. feel like there's just they're quiet, 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 and then, and then yeah, quiet, and then quiet, just, quiet, quiet. Yeah, and then it's like, it's like terrifying. quarterly explosions. <laughs> um, next up is a Hagen Renneker. Um, it's an HR tenant C. They got a hold of the elephant mold, and I is it Ronnie R A N I Ronnie? Yeah, Ronnie. Um, and Ronnie. she could be Ronnie. she cast one, and it's. The detail on it is Ugh. spectacular. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Spectacular. This piece yeah. looks amazing. She glazed, Christina cast it, glazed it, put it up for auction. It's yeah, a it's, beautiful piece. Oh, Joan Berkowitz won it. Yep. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Like, I, I, I can't. You have to go look at it because I cannot put into words how beautiful it is. Yeah, we'll and I'm not like. Log. Yeah, I'm not like Hagen Renick. I'm not like an elephant person, but this is like, oh my god. It, she also has pictures. Uh, I think you have to. Is this global she has system? pictures of it with an with an older version too. An and original, I, I'm telling yeah. you, the newer one it looks way better. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't understand why, but it looks great. 
It's a, it looks like it's had more layers of glaze and or darker mm-hmm. glaze, you know, put into but it. I like, but like the detail on it is crisp too. I'm not talking about just the paint. I'm talking oh, about yeah. the actual molding detail. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. That is really cool. Super I'm very cool. excited to see what else is coming out of HRTN. Yeah. You know, they're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Tom Bainbridge is trying hold to on, kill us. On. I got oh. one more thing I had to insert here at oh. the last minute because we were on Christina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is part of the reason Christina wanted to hold off on talking to us. This is a post uh, for Hagen Renner's Curve Collectors Club. She says it's out of the bag. We've been back at HR. Uh, in oh, California. that was just that was just today. It was last that night post, or last night. Yeah. Direct to transfer of the art, tooling, positives, etc. over to HR Tennessee. We have a strong and every sense team uh, with the time to devote to this and the skills to maintain our high level of preservation. Uh, many pairs, many pairs of eyes add security and precision to this task. So they were allowed to access full storage. Um, and they have unearthed a lot of amazing stuff, and and uh, she just has a peek of a horse peeking out of a. Uh, a that bag looks here, to me like the classic. That looks to me like the classic Arab stallion, whatever they call him at Hagen Renneker. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's who that is. That Look would at be the head. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. He's got, the, he's got the the. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's who that is. The kind of pull back of the head, so. Um, so they are, they said they found things that they think are lost and it's hopefully we'll get her on here to get all the tea. So that's exciting news. It is. All right. (gasps) Yay. Things are available again. Now, now, (laughs) now for Tom Baber just trying to kill us. Tom Baber just trying to kill us. (laughs) So the first offering of Tom Baber just trying to kill us. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice, but it's not really my, my thing he they did it he did spellbound which is the okay one this is probably a technical pull this is probably like a thing that's a technical pull up that i don't appreciate but i can look at it and say this was hard to do in china um spellbound is that stretchy morgan that uh sarah mink did Mm -hmm. and his feet are all kind of like close together and and you know the kind of stuff that she does and so he's in China on a base. Um, his head is very, very cute. I love his his head and his, his neck. Face he is, is just so, so sweet. sweet. And that dapple gray is that dapple gray glorious. is very nice. Lorraine's yeah. a genius. So that is part so one. So that's part one of Tom is trying to kill us. Part two of Tom is trying to kill us is a Pierre, which is that hunky 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 draft worse by Emilia Carilia, mm-hmm. um, in China. I think this is just a bisque one that we're, we've got. Right, this or, is yeah, or this white is glaze, maybe whiteware that he's yeah. showing off to make us all crazy. Yeah, and, and it's working, but it I mean, looks look, lovely. And look I can't, at that. And that's like know, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's like Royal Worcester level. Oh, horse. absolutely. Yeah, and I want one in black. Ugh, yeah, just jet black. Ugh. I kind of want, want one too. I don't know if I have that much money. <laughs> right? Tom's, I love Tom's stuff, but damn it, I'm always broke when he releases something. I know. Uh, and finally, this is the one that, this is where he killed me. 
So speaking of the broke thing, mm-hmm. not to not to conflate that with breaking China. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about but not Tom, having funds I, you know, to buy China. Tom has heard people say we will want smaller, more affordable pieces from you. Mm. Yeah. So he um, he is introducing two pieces by Sarah um, that are I think curio size is a fair way to put them. If, if they yeah. shrunk down to China, they might be smaller. I'm not really sure. Yeah, he says smaller scale. He says the word stable mate in quotes. I don't know if they're that small. I can't tell. Yeah, I don't see any. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how big Satin Spark is in person. So She's not big. So but anyway. Anyway, Satin Spark and Arandor. Arandor uh, in Bisque. And they're still in their whiteware as well. Um, so they will be upcoming as additions from uh, Thomas Bainbridge Studios. So I t- want a satin so spark so Tom, bad. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> but in and a I, nice and I mean that with in love. A, in a non-derogatory way. <laughs> <laughs> Completely platonic non-derogatory way. <laughs> uh, so good. I, yeah, so good. I can't. Uh, I cannot wait cry. to see that Pertron painted up. Oh I my know. God. Oh my God. I want to die. I want to put him next to my Crusader and just be like, look, you guys are friends. <laughs> Frog and Toad are friends. Oh, yeah. Dare horses did their Halloweeny weird links. Oh, these were cute. These were adorable. Um, she has slimy Tuesday boo and shortcake. <laughs> these are, and only boo is sold. Yeah, from I, from what I can tell, so slimy's kind of dripping in ectoplasma, if you will, a purple ectoplasma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday is uh, a horse with a taco costume on, or I love that. Maybe it's Ta- just a taco. It's Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Uh, Boo has holographic ghosts painted on it. It's their technique. She does close-ups of it on her page. We yeah. have a link to the ad. But explore her page if you want to see her process on Boo, because it's so neat. It's cool. And then Shortcake is got a Shortcake costume. Yeah, it's like a horse with the the Shortcake, like, in the middle of the body and the frosting on top. Yeah, they're cool. Who, what, who's your favorite? I like Tuesday. Yeah, if I had money, I'd get the Taco joke, Tuesday. The joke just cracks me up. I taco love Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. And who doesn't love Taco Tuesday? What are you maniacs doing? They're kittens. It's just what they do. <laughs> Spring. They're just, they're just being kittens. They are. All right. Uh, next up, we have Aspen Leaf Studios' Jennifer Scott with uh, her classic scale Levi, who she calls Jorts. <laughs> Cracks me up every time I have to say it. Jorts. Jorts. I think that's very funny. He looks good in this little scale. He does. Uh, Classic scale. Mm. Yeah, I I, I love classic horses. I'm a big fan. I am too. So this is the the, the print of him and she's cleaning him up and stuff like that to cast. Yep. So yeah, so we now have him... Did she make him small? Did she do a stable mate size yet? I don't. I know think she's so. she's done curio, but she hasn't done very. Many. I don't think she's done smaller than curio. Okay. So he's bigger than. Oh, he's so cute! Look at his face. Yeah, Sorry. he's got a nice little face. 
Ugh, this is gonna make me buy a jorts. <laughs> jorts. I don't know. I have my big one, so I may be okay. Yeah, I don't have a big one, so. And Fun finally, times. <laughs> Infinity Briars, who we love, uh, has a, a take on a subway, uh, spoof on a subway logo sandwich mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's a blanket, and it says "Sub Hey." <laughs> Five dollar hoof long. Be fresh. That's cute. Between this and Taco Tuesday, I you know I, I don't know. What are you hungry having. now? Oh, <laughs> I don't. Are we advocating eating horse? <laughs> it's parody, Heather. All right, so um, that's it for news. Uh, we're going to transition to the discussion um, here with uh, Liz Rose, Tom Bigbridge, and Barb Ness about. This announcement that I'm going to read real quick. Um, okay. Do you want me to read this? Yeah, go ahead. You're okay. better at that than me. Okay. So I'm asking. All right. So this uh, was a, an announcement on the Hagen Renneker Collector Club group on September 22nd at 6 p.m. It's from Christina Lucas Francis. I spoke with Sue Nikus a couple times today and have her permission to share this news with you. This is direct from the top. Please do not call or write the factory with objections or questions. This news is shared with respect, and in the spirit of that respect, we accept the decision. Hagen Renneker in California will, will cease operations this year. The target of production ending is December, as they traditionally close for the holidays Thanksgiving week. One might count it as late November. Sue is grateful for the many years of service from her reps and retailers and for the support of collectors. The name continues for her with the Hagen Renneker Tennessee reissues. The brand remains in family hands, and the Hagen Renneker Tennessee will continue to produce under their license. Thank you for understanding the challenges Hagen Renneker had faced during COVID times. The miniatures that require assembly will cease production immediately, to be followed by the retirement of the simpler forms in the coming weeks. When complex pieces and inventory are sold to dealers, that is all there will be. Minis with add-on pieces like Baby Pegasus are complex. Eventually, this season will see the closure of production of all the minis and specialties, Designer workshop items are effectively discontinued from the California pottery. The club will continue to support, research Hagen Renneker, and celebrate collectors. The only closure is the California physical location. I will aim to answer questions here on this group's thread only with the information Sue has provided. I won't speculate or lead products or lead speculation. I will post updates to this thread only. I am doing pottery full time and keeping it in one spot streamlines the social media tasks. Thank you for your love of Hagen Renneker and for your immense patience in waiting this word on the California pottery issued de- uh, designer workshops. I am so sorry that this news is not what you wanted to hear. That is, it, it's it's so sad. I mean, this company was, yeah, you know, 1945 to 2021. Yeah. And I, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, wistfulness and kind of mm. melancholy that goes with closing it, but at least, and we talk about this in the interview with Tom Barb and um, Liz, mm-hmm. that at least we still have HR Tennessee. Yes. You know, and it's going to yeah. carry forward that way. Um, the only way you're going to get updates on anything HR is to join the Hagen Renneker Collectors Club because we're not, I, I think this is important news and we wanted to share it, but we're not going to keep posting Christina's yeah, we're not, posts um, right, each time she makes one because... That's, it's, you know, it's their material and her news to give. Yeah, so it's behind want, a paywall. So. Right. And so if you want more um, information, it's I think it's only $30 now to join 
$29 to join Hagen. Yeah. Renneker yeah. Cause I just re-upped. Book. Yeah. So I know everybody's sad, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll carry forward with HR Tennessee because they're making wonderful stuff. Oh yeah. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to, uh, we're going to take a break. And after the break, uh, the interview with Tom, uh, Barb and Liz. You are listening to Mares in Black. This is Weird Al Yankovic. Why am I reading this? Hey, everybody. This is Heather with the Mares in Black. And I am joined today by uh, three very special people. They are great friends of mine. And they are also established um, Hagen Renneker fans, collectors, and uh, aficionados. Uh, I am joined by Liz LaRose, Tom Bainbridge, and uh, Barb Ness. Say hi. Hello. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, I wanted to bring Barb, Tom, and Liz on to kind of bounce off them about the closing of Hagen Renneker, uh, California, the original Hagen Renneker, um, and uh, what it means to the hobby, what it means to them, what the impact is going forward, probably on the China collecting uh, world, especially in the United States. Um, so first off, I wanted everybody to give a short introduction of themselves. So let's start with Liz LaRose. Hello. I have been a hobbyist since the 70s, um, and I collect everything, including Hagen Renickers. I'm currently in Chicago. Uh, Barb? So my name is Barb Ness, and I live in the Pacific Northwest, originally from the Midwest. I have been uh, collecting since I was six years old and over many decades starting with Friars, moving into Hagen Renickers and other Chinas, as well as Artist Resins and Customs. And then we have Tom. Well, my name is Tom Bainbridge. I live in Michigan. I'm a Michigander. I've been in the hobby, oh boy, um, probably since about 1975. And um, kind of started out as a briar collector, like a lot of people. And then kind of got into customs, and that just kind of worked my way into seeing some Hagen Renickers about advertised and purchasing them and becoming a little bit more um, aware of the quality of the company and their beauty. And it's just kind of snowballed since then. Tom, you have your own, um, you have your own China company now as well, correct? Like, I do. Uh, everybody yes. knows that. Thomas Bainbridge. <laughs> well, for, for good or bad, they probably do. But, um, yeah, I would have to say that I have Hagen Renneker really to thank for my, my China line, to be honest. You know, it was them who really instilled, you know, the interest in producing, you know, um, horse figurines and in fired form, either earthenware or bone china. And, um, it kind of sprouted from them and Joni Berkowitz, who I collaborated with early on in the day, uh, producing a piece by Lynn Fraley through her. And it just kind of snowballed from there and um, turned into the product that I have now that's produced out of the United, the United Kingdom. And that's in, that's uh, with Donna, correct? Donna. Yeah, yep, Donna Cheney, that is correct. Uh, yep, the marvelous Donna Cheney. Yeah. 
so Barb, we Barb's been on the show before. She talked. Uh, we interviewed her about mayhem when that happened uh, a couple of years ago. So um, when I was uh, when I see Barb one time, I sat down and I asked her, "So tell me about Hagen Renneker." And she went through the whole history of Hagen Renneker for me. And I think it. Some people, even though they collect, don't really know. Uh, when people say Monrovia or Designers Workshop or the Minis or Maureen Love or Sunikis or, you know, the actual uh, uh, Susan Renneker, they don't know who these people are or what the history behind those names are. So, Barb, could you do a short synopsis of kind of the company, where those names originate, why they use them and um, whatnot? Absolutely. Um, Hagen Renneker is a has-been since the late 50s, a family-owned ceramic company. Uh, it was started by John and Maxine Reniker in Southern California in the, in the 50s and started with some homegrown, I think it was ducks that Maxine sculpted. And then they moved on and through the decades, they hired artists and designers to produce sculptures for them, including the most iconic Maureen Calvert Love, um, who many of our briar molds that we were all, you know, teased on in the infancy of our hobby obsession. Um, they produced through all those years at three different factories in Southern California as they morphed and grew. Um, they started in Monrovia in a tiny little backyard, I think it was a garage, and moved on to San Dimas, where they they added a facility, and I want to say that was in the late 60s, early 70s, and then into the late 70s, early 80s, where they started the San Marcos factory, and through all these production facility changes, they grew. Uh, they had many challenges in their early years, including being uh, copied by especially the Japanese potteries and who imported into the U.S. gift market. They always had a nursery business kind of in conjunction with the pottery, and they kind of uh, went hand in hand because they would produce the, the, pot, the pots and the fancy, um, fancy urns and pottery for them to sell some of the plants in and flower shops. And that was also an avenue for them to sell the figurines was to the same uh, companies that they sold their pots and their plants to all across the United States. So, you know, they started with miniatures, you know, things that were an inch or less. And then into the, well, and later in the 50s, into the 60s, they produced what was called the designer's workshop line, which everything from horses to dogs to wild animals to barnyard animals in all of those different phases and then later years and I, I'm gonna guess a little bit here because I don't have my book in front of me I think it was in the 80s they started producing a specialty line which was something that were figurines that were more in the three to four inches tall range and again it was everything from nursery character, rhyme characters to horses to wild animals, dogs, cats, barnyard animals. Uh, and that actually, in these later days, 
what they've primarily been doing and what has been the mainstay of the company through the last probably four decades has been their miniatures and the specialty line. And they've done some really cool things with that, with interesting pearlescent glazes and different colors. And, um, you know, they did the designer workshop pieces, which is the horses that most of us are familiar with, as well as cool things like dragons. They did that until the eight, in mid to late 80s. And that's when they stopped producing those larger figurines because of the breakage involved in shipping. And then uh, in the last eight to 10 years, maybe it was only five years, they reproduced those designer workshops by custom orders only. And those were available to collectors to special order in certain molds. They released it on their company website. And so what is going out of production now is essentially the minis, the specialties, and then those few custom order designer workshop pieces that they were producing. So um, did they not do a reissue of the larger horses for a while? Like that wasn't specialty order? I thought that they had a, I mean, I could be mistaken and correct me. I thought that they they. There was a window where they were producing the bigger horses um, in the 2000s. Yeah, you were. You're right. It's been in this last five to ten years, and it kind of it was like they had certain molds picked out, certain colors that they offered, but they really were only producing them as they were ordered. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Website. Okay. So, yeah, they weren't offered in stores. They weren't offered through dealers. Right. It was just. If somebody ordered one, they would make it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, one of the things that I like, I touch on on the show when we talk about Hagens is I didn't even know Hagens were Hagens. When I started collecting, I collected Briars, and I was so in love with my racehorses and my stable mates. And I didn't come to find out later that they are originally Maureen Love, Hagen Renekers, that Briar licensed, licensed from them. We won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I remember being astonished <laughs> that the, these horses actually existed in China before before they existed for Briar. And I think that's uh, a number of hobbies, people's experience. I grew up in Germany, so there weren't any uh, people had to ship me Briars for one thing. So that was, you know, one generation removed. And with China's being from being China and being from California, mostly at the time, um, I just I had no idea what they were. I didn't know till I you know came back in the States. And not then until I was probably 17 or 18. And that's a great point, Heather, because for listeners of the show, especially our younger listeners, <laughs> that uh, just so people know, we're talking about the Briar classic scale, like Man of War, Kelso, uh, Swap, and then the stablemates of the same, uh, you know, Native Dancer, Swap. Silky Sullivan, those were all originally, they're sculpted by Maureen Love, and those were released as long ago as the 50s and early 60s by right. Hagen Reneker in, in ceramic as opposed to plastic. Which and is, Heather, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, I think your experience, Heather, is not unique by any means. I mean, I think we all went through, or most of us go through this recognition that those sculpts did not start with Briar. Um, certainly that happened to me. I became aware of the company because of young girl, you know, we didn't have computers that we were using to trade models. We were writing right. each other and find, finding each other through just about horses. And I actually found out that the company existed when I was exchanging fire and dam lists <laughs> with other <laughs> yep. and, I, and, and it was customary back then to identify the model that was attached to the sire or dam ID. And I kept seeing HR, HR, HR. And I finally asked one of my pen pals who were adults, what is this? What does this mean? And they explained it to me. It, had they not done that, had I not had that experience, I think I would have gone on, you know, infinitely ignorant of the origins of these sculptures. Sure. Well, I got smacked in the face at a live show. Like the first live show I went to, I saw them on the table and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> there are China briars? <laughs> no, like I said that in front of China people. There are China briars? <laughs> well, and that and that actually was true for me also. This is Liz. Um, I my first live show. I, Tom, were you at my first live show? I think you were. Kathy Cheswick. Yep, Kathy Cheswick show. I remember you. Yep, and your large Honora. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't think I had that horse at the first show. So Heather, mm -hmm. my first live show was Tom's got the show holder right. It was in her. We would hold shows in garages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this, this lady had a show, and I remember seeing their um, Hagen Renickers in person, you know, for the first time, because I didn't own any up to that point, and being just super impressed with them. Um, so we've all had that smack in the face, too, you know? <laughs> and Kathy yeah. had a nice... I'm not a, Kathy had a collection as well. I think downstairs in a china hutch. And I, I think that you had also went down there and looked at those and like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I have. And I have this one. And maybe I have that one. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. But no, she I, was I, quite I a question. All right. So in the effort to drill down a little deeper, um, how did you, I mean, Liz, you've covered it a little bit. So why don't you keep going? How did you find Hagen's and get into them? Like. How did it become um, part of your uh, your collection uh, interests, and what what do your Hagens mean to you? So I ended up buying some, I think, for the first time um, by discovering them for sale in our newsletters and our hobby newsletters because obviously they were not advertised for sale in just about horses, or if they were, um, I don't remember that it being a Briar publication, there's no reason why they should have been. And, you know, at that time, publications were, you know, being printed on ditto machines. So, yep. you know, you'd have this kind of marginal quality, 20, 30 page newsletter that would go around to different hobbyists and someone would be the publisher and collect subscriptions from everybody. And I remember seeing them advertised there. And after I went to that show that Tom is talking about and apparently was impressed with Kathy's collection, 
I remember telling my mother the only thing I wanted for Christmas was that Hagen Renneker saddle bread that he's talking about. <laughs> I, just fell, I just fell in love with it and I had found one for sale. Tom, does Janice Mixner sound familiar to you? Because I think that's who I bought her from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yes. And that's what got me started, Heather. And from there, um, it just blossomed. Whenever I was signing them for sale, I was buying them. If I saw them at live shows, I was buying them. My Sire and Damless Huntel would sell them from time to time to me, which was great. And when the San Marcos factory opened, I actually became a dealer for a little while. Oh, wow. And yeah, and acquired quite a few of them, you know, that way as well. And it's never really stopped since then. You know, there's always a piece I'm picking up here or there um, and never really lost my passion for it. And I expect that Tom and Barb are very similar in that respect. Go ahead. I'm sorry, what? I was going to, I was going to pick something on you we next, might wanna... Tom, so just go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, something we might want to mention, too, is that there has been lapses in the Hagerenniker factory with producing stuff, uh, especially the designer workshop line, where they produced, you know, through the 50s, which we've considered the Monrovia pieces. Then when they transitioned into the Sandemus factory, they produced horses through the Sandemus. But then they stopped because of the Japanese um, copies and just the overall downturn in people buying expensive, you know, breakable horses, um, you know, stuff like that. So they phased out the DW pieces for quite a while. And there was that dry spell where the only way you could buy something would be on the secondary market because they were no longer being, you know, sold in stores. Then um, they decided to open up the San Marcos, you know, part of the factory. And then that was, they reissued the horses. And that's when everybody went crazy. And like Liz said, she became a dealer and started selling them. And they also produced some of the, the new, they had a couple of new sculptures that they introduced at that time. And so there has been a, quite a large um, amount of time in between these where the horses were not produced and which gave us a dry spell. And, um, and then of course we came up to what you just mentioned earlier about the reissue pieces produced maybe like maybe eight years ago up to just recently where people could order those directly from the factory, which is something they're no longer going to do. I mean, that's Susan said they're going to discontinue that line. And I, I fear, I think the whole company is being just, you know, dismantled as it is. So might be nothing no more ever, unfortunately. So, Tom, how well, did you find – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Barb. Okay, I, it's Liz. I, Liz. I was going to say that just raises a really good point, which is that for so many of us, most of our collecting relationship with Hagen Renneker has been a secondary market search because you couldn't purchase them directly from the factory. Yes. And then eBay came along and it changed all of our lives. <laughs> well, yeah, I do and remember. And our bank account. I do remember um, that talking to Barb and talking to some other people that in California, at least, in kind of surrounding areas, you could find them in gift shops. Like, 
that was their kind of bread and butter, at least in the 50s and 60s, that the minis and the, and the larger mm-hmm. horses later would just be in gift shops and stuff. Like they were giftware. They yeah. weren't uh, they mm-hmm. weren't like Royal Worcesters or, or, or Daltons or whatever you have that were numbered with certificates and stuff like that. It was it was very kind of entry level for the layman China. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, they did produce a, a range of animals in the DW line, um, you know, from wildlife to African wildlife. And I'm told that, you know, in certain areas, like if you went up to Colorado and maybe up to Wyoming, a lot of those places, like you said, the gift stores would carry, you know, the native wildlife to the area, maybe the mountain lions or the buffalo or whatever. So they did have quite a range that each season um, they usually had a new order list come out like each season, spring and fall, and they would, you know, they would um, introduce new pieces each season and discontinue pieces each season, kind of how Briar does, and um, maybe introduce a new sculpture here and there. But um, it was always fluctuating, and that also was a part of the draw for the collector is that, you know, there was these different eras where they produced pieces, but then within the era, you know, pieces were being introduced and different colors or being withdrawn in other colors. And so that's what's made it, I think, such a neat collectible um, part of it is that, you know, there's quite a variety. And then if we add in the, the minis, which I, I'm just a DW collector myself. I, I like the larger pieces, but the minis, just thousands. I mean, there's thousands of different variations and designs yep. and colorways. And, and on those, and there has been, as, as Barb said, that has been their bread and butter all along. They've always said that. And that's why the, the mini line has always been consistent. It's always been produced. It was only the designer workshop line where they, they did it for a while, then they discontinued it, then they tried it again and discontinued it. And then just recently, I would like to say, you know, seven, eight years ago, decided to try it again, you know, just through direct mail order. And according to... Uh, them it's, it's not a money maker it's it's very right. difficult you know due to breakage and shipping and and just the overall production of the piece that's so timely that um you know they just decide to stay with the minis and i believe that that's even closing from what i've heard is that you know everything is halting and um so you know like I said, even the mini collectors are very upset about that yeah one of the things i noticed during um i do the layout and uh artwork and all that kind of stuff for the the annual for uh the hr collectors club and going down the rabbit hole of some of those articles that um that they publish throughout the year about the meticulous kind of uh taking a part of the minis especially and the and the different variations and the years that they're produced and the records that are really super murky on a lot of them is just fascinating to me that people have dedicated so much time to try and piece together on some of these what uh, where they came from, who did them, in some cases, who painted them or sculpted them. Like, it's it's amazing. Sure, yeah. I have a different color sweater, for example. And then if you have the racing rabbit, maybe one year the, or maybe half a season, the, the sweater was red and then they changed it to the blue or they changed the number on it or, or you know, different colored egg or a different color stool underneath the, the circus elephant, you know, had a different color stool or something, you know. Um, all that, you know, the collectors want every variation there is. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, you think, well, there's only going to be one piece. Well, all of a sudden you have 12 different variations. Each one's a little bit different. Yeah. 
So Tom, how did you get into Hagen's? Like, do you, do you remember what initially triggered your, your love of them, how you found them? Well, like probably Liz and Barb is through like Model Horse Shores Journal. I remember the advertisements in there and I thought, Hagen Lineker, that's interesting. And, and I believe it was in 1979, maybe I purchased my first one. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect other than seeing one or two in photographs. It was a, a small Monrovia white Zara and um, I got her and I just thought she was really beautiful. And I kept her for quite a while. Um, then I would, you know, buy a couple more when I could find them. Uh, of course, at the time, my interest was really more into uh, the customized type show horses. And um, so that was kind of kind of like a, just kind of an afterthought. But and it wasn't until probably the late 19, 1990s or so that I really got my true interest in the Hagen Reinickers and um, started, you know, becoming a rabid, you know, collector. And stuff and it was just i just like barb and liz and mentioned too that you know it was the briar mold like oh wow you know that's a kelso that's a briar kelso and that's a hagen renneker kelso wow i i really like the uh, the hagen renneker kelso you know just because it has you know different detail and different feel to it and it just kind of snowballs from there <laughs> barb what about you same story you know i i remember buying my first Hagen Renegar DW. I mean, when I was, I, I started showing model horse showing in 1981, and I remember having some of the Hagen Renegar minis because you know if you went to we lived near a Great America theme park, and every year I would we would go at least once. Sometimes we'd go on a school trip, and I remember that was a big deal to me because I would always buy a briar. Well, then they had this little stand by the, you know, by the checkout and it had all the Hagen Renneker minis on it. And I remember my sister and I both really geeking out over like, you know, they had deer, they had bunnies, they had cats and dogs. And we yeah. like, <laughs> pick one and buy one. And so that, so I would, we would add that, like, I'd kind of add that to the little collection and there were horses and, um, I, I don't remember so much, like, I don't remember being aware of them much before that. And I, don't, I definitely wasn't aware of the, the DWs probably for another, I think I, I must have seen them at shows because I was actively showing from 1981 all the way through about 1988. And I definitely remember seeing like, quote unquote, the senior division people having them and I know a couple of kids that were my age at the time who had a few of them. I hadn't met Liz at that time, but I used to go to Marnie Walerius's Model Horse Congress, and I yeah. see that the the senior showers would have them, but not really any of my friends among the junior showers had had them. But I remember buying. Uh, I went to Mackinac Island with my family when I was probably fifteen, and. It must might have been 1986. I can't remember because they were closing out the DWs. There was a shop that just had hundreds of them around the perimeter of the shop, and I remember buying a DW large Zilla, and it was definitely a San Marco, and it was thirty four dollars. Which I'm sure then was like, oh, clutch the pearls. Oh. 
Yeah, for me, because a briar at that time, this is going to knock some kids over with a feather. A briar was seven bucks. Yeah. So, you know, and from there, it was like kind of the obsession started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, And I remember, but I was also a big, and I think we probably all three of us were, I mean, I was like, marketing and antique sales and antique stores every weekend you know that was before we had real jobs and <laughs> so <laughs> I was out looking for any horse-shaped object that I could find um, and I was I didn't have a lot of luck with Hagen Renickers but my friend Denise who Denise Jamaro who also lived in Michigan like Tom her mom had a lot of luck finding Hagen Renickers so I kind of was aware of them through uh, Denise more than anything um he was the only person i knew that my age that had any at the time it was a whole different time i think overall in the hobby as we've all discussed and you know it was the days of the face and you know nobody even got on the telephone and stuff so it was a lot harder to you know to to find out about these new releases or whatever and um you know of course because snail mail was slow at that time and then, like Barb said, going to the live shows was really probably the biggest eye-opener for most people. You'd go to the live show, and I remember going to one down in the Detroit area, and Linda Leach, who was a customizer, very famous customizer, and um, still very famous with the, the vintage crowd, um, she had a large Amir in rose gray that just was phenomenal, and I never saw such a piece. And um, at that time, they were super rare. I mean, probably only a few collectors had them. And um, again, this is before eBay and before, you know, um, social media and everything else that we have at our fingertips today. It was a mystery back then, you know, yeah. and um, in which, you know, it's just it's changed everything. What um, so kind of a roundtable question for everybody. What is um, Hagen's contribution? We've hit on it a little bit. What is Hagen Reniker's contribution to, to the hobby like and. Maybe the larger China world, especially in America, because once I started getting into Hagen Ranickers and I knew there were more than horses, like I'm almost more blown away by some of their animals than I am their horses. Like their birds are so beautiful, especially their ducks and their hens and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What like obviously their closest association besides being collected by similar people that collect briars is they, you know, are still one of the the most popular sets of molds in the Briar line. Um, what what else do you think um, their contributions are to the hobby? Well, I, for my part, at least, this is Liz. I mean, I think they gave the hobby community, such as it was at the time and is now, uh, an important alternative. I mean, we all grew up on and heavily collected briar um and that was how we got into the hobby community but it expanded our horizons you know and if that wasn't imagine how boring the hobby would be if all we had was plastic to collect you know now we're blessed with so many different media and different artists all you know unleashing their splendor on us um (laughs) So I, I think it gave us an important alternative, plastic, and it was an easily adaptable collecting milieu because it's made in the United States. They're mass produced. 
They were reasonably affordable, lifelike sculptures, beautifully finished. I mean, all the things that got us all into collecting plastics, you could turn those sentiments towards Hagen Reneker and have the same or maybe a different enriched experience. So I think that that's important. And up until, you know, fairly recently, there was really nothing like it. You know, now we have so many of the great European companies contributing, you know, animal artistry, horsing around. But at the time, there was nothing. And getting European sculptures, you know, the Beswicks of the world into the United States was a very costly endeavor. So Hagen Reneker allowed us that exposure to ceramic and gave us something else to collect, which, you know, is important when you're a collector, right? Barbara Tom? I will agree with everything Liz said. <laughs> I would add that just from my perspective is that Marine Love inspired a whole generation of artists, a whole generation. Absolutely. Like if you talk to almost anybody now when we do our interviews, um, like our artist spotlights, they're all, almost all of them mention her. Uh, like no other um, equine artist uh, that I I have come across, uh, you know, except for maybe Sarah, you know. Um, so I think that that's um, by by way of Hagen Rineker that got Maureen into people's homes and into you know their minds about you know I still think her horses are just the tops, right? I just think they're so beautiful and lifelike and delicate. I just, you know, I just love her work. I, I think we, we would all agree with you on that, Heather. And I think we were sort of taking for that as a given, you know, with respect sure. to your, your last question. Um, of course, you know, the, the one of the greatest gifts that Hagen Reneker gave us is, you know, getting us all exposed to Marine's work. And, um, you know, by hook or by crook, having her work replicated in plastic. So, you know, which uh, means every little girl in America at one time or another has probably had one of her sculptures, you know, on a shelf somewhere in the bedroom. Yeah. And, and I was going to add, you know, Maureen, who knows what have, would have happened with Maureen's career um, as an artist and as a designer, were it not, for Hagen Reneker, and and who knows what would have happened to Hagen Reneker were it not for Maureen. Although they did have many other uh, amazing people, amazing artists who were working for them. The other thing is that their quality of figurine that they produced was unparalleled, and mm -hmm. that when they when the Japanese imports came in and really challenged them in the gift market. That's when Hagen Reneker kind of took one of their hiatuses and stepped back. And um, Jim Reneker talked about this at the Clinky uh, Mayhem that we all attended about how they really took a step back and tried to figure out how they could produce the highest quality, most beautiful figurine that they that was possible out there, which they felt that the imports could not compete with, and yet have something that was affordable to most Americans and available as a decorative art piece in their home. 
And then, you know, if you go like Tom was saying about his own pottery, it inspired artists like Tom and Joni Berkowitz, who founded Poor Horse Pottery. I mean, her love of Hagen Renneker is what motivated her to start the Poor Horse. And in, and in our community, that really was, along with Donna Cheney and animal artistry in England, I mean, those, those are the two founding kind of members in the hobby for future production of ceramics. Yep. Where would we be without that? So where would we be as, as China lovers and collectors without Hagen Renneker? I, I kind of argue that we would be lost. Or we would be relying on high-end Chinas from Europe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some and, of those. And, and, go ahead, Tommy. No, I just I say, and some of those are not, you know, so wonderful. There's something, you know, you know, Maureen Love definitely had a real feel for being able to portray, you know, um, crest conformation or anatomy, and um, something that, you know, as a youngster, I took for granted. Like, why was I? Why did I gravitate more towards the the classic Arabian mare instead of the Sager or, or Kimosabi, uh -huh. you know, the brighter Kimosabi, you know, I didn't know at the time, all I knew was the one was like the one I thought was really beautiful, but the only one was like, well, you know, that does, that doesn't really kind of excite me. So yeah, it definitely, some of the European pieces, you know, even though yeah, they're European, this didn't have the same quality. There's definitely something to be said for, you know, the, the Marine love, you know, stamp. Yeah, I, uh, I, I am astonishingly blown away. I have some, I know everybody probably does from when they sold her sketchbook, but I have some of her sketches that to me are just as beautiful and as fascinating as her 3D horses. Sure. And would you, would you say, Tom, I mean, one of the, one of the more opportunistic things about Hagen Renneker producing her work is that they sort of allowed her to explore, uh, large portion of the animal kingdom too right i mean she wasn't yeah. their principal yeah. dog sculptor but she did a lot of animals for them that weren't horses absolutely and they all have a stamp if you look through their product line since they did have a, a you know a number of different sculptors you can quickly identify which is a marine love original piece of you know the one she sculpted and which one wasn't for example um you know they just they there's just a night and day difference, you know, and, and all of them have a beautiful appeal. You know, I'm not saying that they're, they don't, but one has a Marine love, a certain authenticity and realism that, you know, just, she was the only one that could at that time, in my opinion, was, she was just light years above, you know, her craft. And I think that did kind of, you know, maybe, um, influence people like Sarah McCavish, you know, the, the modern day, sculptors that we have that are bringing even a newer standard to the ceramic form and stuff. You know, she definitely was the trailblazer. So I, um, I saw the letter that uh, Christina shared. Why, but can you guys give me a better idea of is, 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 is it just cost motivated? Uh, why is Hagen closing? Why aren't they selling the business is I, I don't, does, does anybody know the answers to those even? I'm not really uh, up to date on what what the rumor mill is saying. 
I could answer some of that. And that's, and, or I should actually say that I'll put my neck out there <laughs> by, by guessing because it is, you know, purely a guess. I have not talked to Susan directly um, to find out, you know, the infinite, you know, the definite reason I believe, and we've seen it coming. I mean, the writing has been on the wall for quite a while. Yeah. And um, there has been this noise before for the last couple of years. And I just think she's 81 years old. Um, she's been in the, the business all of her life. And, and her family has been in the business all of her life. And I believe they have tried to incorporate some of their younger generation of their family to step in and to learn the trade and to, you know, take the business over. Um, but just nobody is interested. And it's kind of a dying craft and like all good things, you know, it must come to an end. And I, I really think that that she's just, she's getting older and I think she wants to do other things with her remaining years. And, um, you know, we just gotta, gotta accept it. And thank goodness we have the HR Tennessee you know, who came in and picked up some of the molds and are kind of taking over and, and um, it, it's certainly, you know, an offshoot of a hey, Renker, but at least it gives us something, you know, that isn't, you know, we don't feel like hey, Renker is dying. Right. I, you know, I don't feel that way because, you know, I feel that they have, you know, taken some of the most beautiful molds and have produced them in a great way and um, stuff. But um, I just think that it's, and I can only imagine that it is probably, a, I can't imagine trying to make a profit doing the, the miniatures that they've been doing. Um, and um, I'm sure that the property that they're sitting on is very valuable. And, um, oh, you know, yeah. they probably yeah. could just, you know, <laughs> do something else. You know? I didn't even so, think about that, like, that the land is worth, you know, more than probably everything on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for a while, I mean, my biggest fear, you know, this years ago, my biggest fear is they, cause they had been kind of notorious for just, all of a sudden announcing that, hey, we're closing up, you know, which they've done before, like in the San Dimas era and, and stuff in the San Marcos era um, stuff. And my biggest fear was they were just going to one day announce, you know, we're closing up, we're selling off. And then what would happen to the mold and what would happen to the pieces after that? Now, at least there is the avenue, which only Christina knows about, you know, but now there's the avenue with Christina having, you know, uh, you know the availability to the molds that, I don't feel that it's a death, you know, it might be, yeah. what is it, a resurrection or, you know, whatever you want to, want to call it. But, um, so, you know, I don't feel that it, it's such a terminal thing as what it would have been maybe 10 years ago. And of course uh, we can go right back to, it, it's all a big circle, you know, how Hagerenneker influenced, like we had mentioned earlier, Joni, you know, cause Joni worked with Jim and she learned a lot of her stuff through right. Jim and Lauren Burton, some of the people, you know, in, and stuff and then she learned how to do it she perfected it she kind of handed that off to christina you know christina kind of took it you know and and stuff and then we have leslie kaplan in there yeah. giving us her influence so many people coming joni in taught, joni taught leslie stuff. joni taught christina joni taught sarah um, absolutely absolutely yep 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 and it all goes full circle you know um, i've been saying i feel really um insecure the last few years when Joni stopped producing Leslie's not very prolific Addie has left the sphere altogether um, Sarah doesn't produce China very much that we're really kind of in a downturn um, for American produced ceramic equine figures um, for the hobby anyway so 
what are you what are your guys' thoughts on that with Hagen kind of you know Hagen leaving the stage, even though HR Tennessee I know has has uh, taken over the molds, a lot of the molds. It's definitely bothersome, Heather, and we you know I certainly share your concerns. You know I I'd love to see more domestic producers. Um, people who work in earthenware, because right now there aren't very many. Um, and and it's, you know, it's, it's sad because earthenware is, is different. It's different than porcelain. It's different than fine bone china. And those media are both wonderful. And, and uh, I certainly have pieces in my collection. From sure, sure, stuff. me too. But earthenware is beautiful. And, and it's, it's my hope that Artists who are currently producing in other media will take it up, you know, kind of like Sarah did. Um, she's kind of a special character because she's very willing to explore things and um, investigate new opportunities and new media. Um, but whenever I meet a new artist, you know, one of the things I ask them is, are you ever going to get a killed? Um, that's a very important question <laughs> and they'll hear it from me again and again right. because there's definitely a market out there for those pieces okay so um so we talked about this before that that mostly what Hagen's making now is the is the mini line which they've done the entire time correct and um that's what's uh, that's what you expect is going to be ending on almost everything and but that's mostly what they do now right yeah mm -hmm. um what's the, but what's the way the, i under, the way i understand the way i understand it now i could be you know i might be wrong and somebody can correct me is that they are going to halt production on everything you know including the miniature line so um yeah, I don't know if, that, if that's who was established earlier or not, um, but to the best of what I've been reading is that everything is, and of course, right. I think you said you're going to be interviewing Christina later. I'm sure yes. Christina will have a lot better, you know, um, information and up-to-date information, you know, directly from, you know, right. Susan to give people and stuff. But um, yeah, so I believe that everything will halt. But up to, up to this point, you're right. I mean, miniatures have, have always been there. I mean, even though they have declined over the years, as far as, you know, I, I, when I was, when I was a teenager, you could go into almost any Hallmark shop and find a complete line of miniatures and stuff. I mean, you know, all sorts of stuff. And then like Barb said, they started the specialty, you know, line to go in there with a little bit larger pieces, a little bit more detailed and stuff. And you could find those. Now I cannot tell you the last time I've been into a retail store where I actually saw a display of Pedro Necker miniatures, you know? Um, I, I just, it's, I think it's just, just the times. Yeah, I would agree with that. I remember you could see them, uh, sometimes on a, you know, in one of those turntable curios that had glass or plastic mm -hmm. fronts. And now you're more likely mm -hmm. to see Schleichs in the same places. So, <laughs> and collect this. I mean, yeah. it's just kind rubber. of how the market has shifted. You got to love rubber. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's been the reaction of the, the community around you guys? I mean, you're, you're all staying pretty close touch. I know I, you know, you guys are great friends, but what's, what's been, uh, what have you heard from other people about their thoughts on uh, Hagen Renner closing down? So, uh, what I'm, I'm, oh, go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, I really haven't been as. Did Barb fall? Did Liz fall off? Maybe. Go ahead, Barb. Mm, I'll let her well, back in. I, I, <laughs> I think, you know, what I've seen or heard is mostly just, of course, sadness and a lot and reminiscing and yeah um kind of the woes I, I my heart goes out to to susan uh i it cannot be easy to shut down a business that you have worked your whole life in i i mm-hmm. i'm sure you know she's done i mean she's worked her heart out over these years to keep that company running and so my heart goes out to her and you know i think um it's sad to know that they won't be producing going into the future. Um, but I think for a lot of us, like Tom was saying, you know, we live so many years buying horses on the secondary market that kind of like, okay, well, we're going to be going back to the dark ages. And we have Christina carrying on a legacy with Hagen Renneker, Tennessee. And, you know, thank the stars for that. She's doing an amazing job. So, wouldn't it be nice to see Christina have her own factory one of these days that rivals the Hagen Renneker factory in California? I mean, that, you know, that's my hope for the future. Um, they certainly have the land to yeah. do it where they are. So just got to find the employees, I guess. Payment moonshine. Almost it might be it might be easier to find people to work with their hands better out there. I'm I'm not really sure, but you know. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, she's back. She's back. Yay. You were saying, Liz? Well, uh, Zoom dropped me. <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like, Barb, you basically said what I was planning or thinking of saying. Um, it, but I read a stat when I was um, preparing for this conversation this evening that at one time the company had like 300 employees. Wow. And mm-hmm. yes. And Mm-hmm. presently, and I don't even know when this piece was written, they said it was something like 20. So you mm-hmm. that gives you a sense, right, of the expansion of the business in various periods and its compression in others. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, as Barb was saying, it is kind of a hard scrabble business. And they, I, I mean, I think, Tom, you might know better than I, they outlasted all their, you know, quote unquote, California pottery contemporaries by a long they time. They are. Very future. Yeah, they're one of the very last true California potteries left. I mean, from what used to be hundreds, you know, back in the 50s, 40s, and 50s, they're definitely like one of the very last handful of the still remaining ones. Yes. So, Tom, what have you heard? Have you talked to anybody about it closing? Buy all of them. Go out and buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's like, you know, I think that was maybe on one of the uh, Facebook groups that uh, oh, yeah, people yeah. want to know. Does anybody know any local business that sells the current miniatures? You know, or, you know, what is available in the current miniature line? And can we get an order in now? Um, because everybody is, of course, you know, trying to prepare for, you know, what we've put off for so long. Um, I, you know, I know the, the reissue DW horses have came to a complete, you know, 
a, a halt. And it's kind of interesting because when I first introduced those, they were good sellers. Of course, originally they, there was a huge flood because everybody just couldn't believe that the DWs were available again, like the large Zara, the large Amir, the large Zilla. And I mean, people went crazy buying their own ladies and the Camellas. And I mean, they were just flooded. And, and I'm sure that was good supplemental income for them. I, I don't know, you know, I can only uh, imagine at the price point that they were, you know, even though they were still fairly re- you know, reasonable for the average person, um, then they kind of, it kind of slacked off a little bit. I think in the last year or two, people started ordering them again because they started playing along with, I think, some of the colors and some of the decoration. And I think they were getting back up to um, a little bit better um, into the hobby zone where, you know, what hobbyists were looking for as far as like eye detail, you know, sure. color. You know, stuff like you know stuff like that. So there was a little bit of metaphor- metamorphosis going that way, and um, but I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed. Of course, again, reading the Facebook postings, that's like, darn, I should have got that order in when I could have. You know, I should have, I should have. We all are guilty of that. You know, you snooze, you lose. And I think that's kind of the consensus I'm I'm getting from a lot of this is like it's either there's either two things like darn I should have done it or man I'm so happy that I did it when I could you know and I I know there's been a mad scramble on eBay I know because I know some of my friends are on eBay like I got this and I got that and I got the other better get them while you still can <laughs> and the prices have have you know even raised a little bit I've noticed that. Uh, with a couple of dealers that, you know, were selling them at this price. Now they all of a sudden think, well, they're going to be worth a hundred dollars more, you know, so I'll mark my price up and they very well might be, you know? So when they were selling the reissue prices uh, for this whole, like the rascal, the Sharif um, and stuff, the Fez full, they were $85 a piece. And, you know, that is really reasonable when you think about it. Sure. And, you know, and then you, you you factor in that, you know, when they ship stuff, I mean, it was in its own foam fitted box. I mean, you could not have asked for any better packing, which of course they had to do that to ensure that it arrived to you safely. And then, you know, the cost of shipping, I can imagine that, um, you know, the, the, the profit margin was quite low on those and um, stuff. And I know that everybody who invested in those are, are very happy that they did so now. So um, I guess <laughs> I don't I don't have any cats to meow at you guys. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so let wrap this up. Can I can I get each one of your thoughts on the company's closing? I mean, we kind of already touched on it, um, and your hopes for uh, HR Tennessee carrying forward. Um, whoever wants to go first, just jump in. <laughs> we'll edit that little pause out (laughs) i mean for me i'll go since i'm the newbie like um i'm very sad about um something that means so much to my friends really closing like i have some hagen's and i really appreciate the beauty of hagen's but it wasn't until I started collecting um, Hagen's when Tennessee opened up because I felt like uh, I was so overwhelmed by the history and the variations and the different, you know, eras of them. I felt like HR Tennessee was a good time for me to jump in and establish my own HR collection. 
So I'm mm-hmm. so glad we have them, but I'm heartbroken for my friends who are like you guys that, um, that have these large collections and, and, you know, have these um, touch points on these horses and friendships built on collecting these. I think for me, that's the saddest part. Barb? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I, I was going to say, I, I feel, you know, for me, I feel, I feel very comfortable because I know that HR Tennessee is, the, the, the torch has been passed, right? right. And, and they're doing a phenomenal job. And for people like me and Tom and Liz, it's like, okay, we're going back to what was, you know, quote unquote, the dark ages, except that now we have the internet. And, you know, it really still is about what is that next great find out there Mm -hmm. in the world on eBay or in some estate sale in, you know, West Virginia or in, you know, Nahomish County, Washington, because (laughs) there's so much going on actually with things being, you know, we see it every day on, on Facebook and on the different groups that, you know, you never know what is going to be out there. And there's people out there that are finding things every day. And Mm -hmm. none of that was new. All of that was, has already been produced by Hagen back in the sixties and the seventies and the fifties. So, you know, I, like I said, my main sadness is for the family and for the legacy and, and for the, the employees. It's like, it's just sad to see such a historic American company um, end. And, you know, gosh, it really, I thought, but we have Hagen Renner Group, Tennessee. Thanks the Lord. So. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That'd be my, my exact sentiments as well. Yes. Liz. Yeah. I, I agree with Barb adopt her comments a hundred percent. We were already in a place where we knew, you know, the companies had different eras of production where the pieces look different throughout. And we're principally, or I should say I'm principally anyways, a collector of bygone era stuff already, Heather. Yeah. I had sort of resigned myself to the fact, as I think many collectors had, that you're not going to get a San Dimas looking piece today, you know, out of the factory today. That mm-hmm. just isn't going to happen. That luminescence, and the amazing finishes that you got out of that period are not commensurate with what we have today. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of what makes the collecting, you know, gives you the enjoyment of the chase. And so, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, as Barb said, you're very sorry to hear that the factory is closing, but our collecting objectives are just as they have been. And as mm-hmm. Tom and Barb have both said, it's easier now than it used to be because the internet is allowing discovery of some of these pieces that would have taken us a decade to find. You know, we can find them in a matter of a year now. So in one way, it's, uh, you know, an end. But in modern times, it's also become something of a beginning because we're adding things at a rate we never were able to before. And as Barb has also said, Christina is giving us, you know, the next era of this company. So that's exciting, too. And that's going to be the subject of a chase as well. It already is. I mean, 
one of those uh, foals that she did, one of the vanguards, um, resold, I believe I heard for something like $4,000. So, <laughs> wow. On the yeah. secondary market. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away and I, you know, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, and when we're trying to sell people, Heather, on the idea that they should start producing earthenware, isn't that as good an example as any? <laughs> You know, that that is my, like, this is with, you know, Christina's, um, you know, especially because of the pandemic, but, but having a very small staff, she can only, you know, produce so much. And I think Mm -hmm. as, 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 as it picks up that, you know, she's going to be able to add staff because the the secondary market is voracious for these pieces. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, my my, I do have a concern. I, I guess that is that not so much for the the larger pieces because even the um, DW reissues were you know at a, at a price point uh, like three hundred seventy five dollars or so for the um, large Zara. Um, but I do sometimes wonder about some people who do not have a very deep pocketbook. For example, you know, you just can't go out to a card shop and buy a piece and get that fifteen dollar immediate yeah. fix. Yeah. And um, you know, and stuff. So unfortunately, and even I mean, and I understand, you know, what that um, you know, Christina is putting a lot of time into, you know, each and every piece produced and stuff. But even the minis are, you know, they're only going to be able to be so, you know, they can only be so cheap, so 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 affordable. How I'm trying to say it is, um, they she can only sell them for you know, so much where she's going to start losing money. And that's unfortunately, you know, a lot different than where Hagen Raniker was producing them, you know, where people could go and get them a lot cheaper. And, um, and I do, I feel sorry for those people who, you know, might not have $200 to spend on a mini, um, for example. And, um, you know, and then, you know, upwards, you know, and the larger DW pieces, you know, so it's, yeah. I guess you just, yeah, you got to keep looking out there and going to the antique malls and, and, you know, uh, the, uh, marketplace, Facebook, Facebook marketplace, and, and, um, maybe you'll find something, you know, reasonable. We all, we all look for that great find. (laughs) You see see that miracle maybe, you know, once or twice a month, somebody's (laughs) like, Hey, I found a $9 swap, you know, perfect. (laughs) Like, yeah. "Ah!" (laughs) Absolutely. to address that though, Tom, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's a it's a larger concern of the hobby, really, because briars are are even inbox regular runs are hovering around fifty dollars now. So even that, you know, yeah. is a lot for some people. So, you know, it's I I don't know if that was commiserate back in the day, like if or if inflation has just moved along with it, but I mean, I know a lot of people have um expressed to me that you know briars are briars are expensive so yeah yeah i see you know we can all remember those days where like you know people were saying i can't afford two hundred dollars for that custom <laughs> you know where i could buy you know i could buy you know eight customs you know at forty dollars a piece instead or whatever and you're like well don't buy cigarettes or don't you know go to the right. movies or whatever right. you can afford that two hundred dollars custom right. you know that same thing to this day it's always going to be there but sure. it does seem sometimes out of whack and there is obviously there is a ceiling and a floor and some people just are never going to 
be able to, you know, buy, buy a new horse from, you know, Tennessee. And, um, yeah. and you know, like, and that's just the nature of the beast. And we're, uh, you know, before, like I said, you know, the, the stuff that was factory produced were, you know, they were so affordable. And, um, you know, and if you kept, and then the same thing, you know, you could go and, and I'm sure we've all done it where, you know, we've looked at the rack of the horses and we'd line them all up and say, okay, which one was the nicest? Which one had the best detail? Which one had the best color? You know, and then you could always feel like you were hand picking the best of that lot, right. you know, for 10 or $15. And it was a high, it was a great high to have. And unfortunately, you know, I'm sure we're never going to see Hager or Tennessee horses in our local gift shop. And that, that is a sad thing, you know, for me. Yeah. 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 But you can, you can, you know, you can still somewhat do that with briars. If there's a bunch of them in boxes, you can pick and choose, but it's not the, it's mm -hmm. not the, the way of China's anymore. Correct. Yeah. And I can, you know, the breakage and everything. I, I truly don't know how they ever could have produced them as reasonably as what a, what a current mini is and how many steps that has to go from, you know, from the beginning to the end to getting into the store to be purchased, you know, for like, you know, $10, $12. I just, it's like, okay, what, what, they're making a 10 cent profit on each one. How it was, is it a numbers game? You know, since they're selling hundreds of them, you know, they can sell a hundred at 10 cents instead of, you know, five at $20. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I just don't know how they ever made the money on them and stuff. Well, and it, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I would, well, I was going to say it definitely has to be a It was volume for sure. Um, yeah. that was just as you say, and, you know, I don't know, maybe at some point, Christina will be in that position. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll be getting, you'll be able to, you know, maybe knock the, the price down or come down, come out with a line that is a little easier to produce, which is right. sort of how, you know, Hagen Renneker stayed in business as long as it did. Those minis, you know, they found their niche there and what was affordable for them to produce. And that can, as Barb said, continue to be a mainstay for them. So she Absolutely. may, you know, end up in the same position mm -hmm. eventually with one product or another, one type of product or another. And you can only hope because it'd be nice to, you know, to see that again, um, if it's possible, you know, given the state of the economy mm -hmm. and the problems with getting supplies and all that other stuff, which I'm sure is impacting everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shipping, shipping, shipping. shipping. <laughs> Everything's off the coast of California. Ah! <laughs> Container wars. Container I, can't wars. A, I can't get a bottled Pepsi. Like, there, are no, there is not a bottled Pepsi to be found in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> it's all cans. Okay, so I have really loved having you on, and I really appreciate you guys uh, doing this on short notice um, so I could uh, get something out there about uh, Hagen Renneker um, and give Christina more time to, uh, to uh, collate what she wants to talk about. Um, do you have anything else? Any closing thoughts? Um, I am super excited for the next HR Tennessee release because. Yeah. Because I'm just looking at the one, I'm looking at them right now and I'm just like, oh, they're so pretty. Yeah. I no. am I'm interested to see how it goes with the with her glades. She's gonna have to change over all of her colors. Like that has been an interesting yeah. watching her experiment. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that happens. And I, I, I run into that myself with trying different underglazes and overglazes oh, and yeah. discontinuing, you know, colors and stuff like that. It is a constant hassle. Um, and stuff. And of course I'm excited about the wildlife line. I think she did a Raja, you know, the elephant, there was a, so it's like, Oh, I can't imagine, you know, a new, new version Raja that's going to yeah. be out there. And, and yeah, stuff. So, so it is kind of neat to see that, but yeah, the hurdles, she's going to have some hurdles. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Barbara Liz? Liz? I really, I, 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 yeah, I don't have anything further. I mean, um, I, you know, what I'd like to see, you know, along the lines of Tom's concern, I, I'd just like to see us China heads getting more young people involved in collecting China, you know, Absolutely. and we all cited to you are, you know, the fact that we all began as China collectors when we were quite young. Um, and it's troubling, you know, to me that we don't have anything near that, it seems like, in our youth hobby community right now. And, you know, that's not their fault. In some respects, that's ours and lack of availability of products. So I love to see that situation turn around by hook or by crook, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Barb, you get the last word. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the pressure. You know, I just, it's so, what I see in our community, you know, day after day, year after year is some amazing talent comes out of the woodwork. And, you know, we have so many incredible people, incredible artists. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, it's with COVID for me, it's just been so long since I've been out there with my Pete at a show and just hanging out. You know, I felt like in the Northwest, we had a really great upcoming group of young people. And I've also seen some established uh, collectors here in the Northwest who have taken to, in just the last year or two, well, before COVID, year or two, taken to China. And then, of course, Briar is. You know, they are producing um, cold cast resin and, and some China, and that brings some of, the, some of the new blood into our China side of it. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm always optimistic, and I, I am, again, sad for, to see a company of the status of Hagen Renneker closing, but um, I, I, there's always, you know, a new horizon. So. I have hope for the future. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Now join us for a course of the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I see the sun just came out here. I want to thank you guys for joining us. This has been a great conversation, and I really appreciate you making time to come on the mayors and talk to us about your thoughts on Hagen Renneker. Um, and with that, I will uh, bid everyone good night. Good night. Goodbye and thank you, Heather. Bye. Bye. The Mares in Black Podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, we're going into Instagram. Uh are we are we still calling this segment Instagram Progress? We're just calling it Instagram. <laughs>
It's technically Instagram in progress. There's some in progress stuff. It isn't uh, always Instagram, and it isn't I was gonna always. Say our, our, actually, the first place we're going is on Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't think Deb Parrish knows about Instagram, but this costume is amazing. This costume is beautiful. Um, so Deb Parrish posted a costume she's been working on. Uh, this is on the Peter Stone Company page. Um, what it is, it's it's a Barat Indian wedding wedding costume, um, and she's got one on a Peter Stone bunny, and um, it's it's just a crazy elaborate um embroidery work like yeah. this costume covers the entire animal and every single inch of it uh she's been planning it since 2011 got sidetracked and last year got serious actual work began in april i get that the plan that's like you know all of a sudden you look up and you're like i've been planning this for 10 years perhaps it's time to get started five years maybe we should make a podcast. like oh maybe yeah right maybe we should do something about this relatable content yeah it's all uh, hand embroidered it's got this beautiful birds all over it and i it's just it's yeah it's astonishing astonishing well she's not done yet so no but the one the actual one hangs over it looks like it has a cutout on the top and hangs over a western saddle i can't imagine yeah. her cutting out this beautiful embroidery but maybe she will i don't know or maybe she'll put the saddle on top of it yeah yeah Super cool, though. Yeah, I said, boy, I would have planned the cut instead of doing all that work and then killing it. But, you know, I don't know what her process is, so we'll see. It's gorgeous. Yeah. All right. Who's next? You are Uh, We already talked about Randy the Elephant, so. Uh, That's not what was next on my thing. Oh, I'm in the wrong. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in the wrong spot. This is Instagram. Kristen Yes. Kirsten Wellman. Yes. Kirsten Wellman. uh, This is her 13 year old baby nerd self (laughs) with my first collector's class entry at my very first live show in 1991. I was still in college. 91? Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I was still in college too. (laughs) I didn't realize she was that much younger than me. Hmm. Anyway, she still has most of these mods, has all of the models, and almost all of them were found at a huge flea market on the south side of Atlanta, where she used to live, back in yep. the day when you could find this stuff at flea markets. Yep. <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, it's a nice group of models, too. She's got a briar shirt on. Yeah. It's got, she probably still has that lamp. Pro- oh, yeah, she said she still has all of them. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a modernistic dough in there too. I mean, it's yeah. a nice, it's a nice group of things that she yeah. found. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Next up is a uh, Blue Mountain Stables with a little video painting eyes the first time on a horse the size of a coin. Wow! And that's what you chose to take a video of. That is brave. So small. Yeah, this is uh, Kristen Taylor, and she I, I get her. It's uh, just... Kirsten and Kristen and Kristen and Kirsten. Uh, she's really good about painting her, her process. She has a great YouTube channel for Blue yeah. Mountain Stables and watching her, you know, do this little eyeball is like, wow. It's insane. Cause like, I know that brush is really tiny, but it looks, it's, it looks <laughs> ginormous. She looks like it's going to go. Sludge. <laughs> wow. She must have way better eyes and better hand than I she's, do. <laughs> she's probably 20 something years younger than us. Well, that's true. Amazing. Uh, Soraya Art, um, she does these fantastic, uh, realistic setups. 
Oh, she this built so this. Uh, we've featured her stuff before in the inside mm-hmm. of this barn and the outside of this barn as well. And she hand built this whole thing and it's just gorgeous. So she's got this stone and brick barn with these big wooden doors with the lion, you know, door knockers. And outside it's like a Borzoi and a Kali with a, with a draft horse behind a fence. And they're all just kind of having a conversation, it looks like. But it's it's like there's a tree kind of leaning in yeah. here. Like it's very, it's I'm like, I'm going, that's a set, but it's hard for me to believe it's a set. Yeah, she's got the grass. She's kind of got the overgrown foliage around the, the mm. fence post. And then, you know, the, the kinetic sand leading into the barn and it's got puff prints and people prints and it's just really, yeah, it's you know, the amazing. attention to detail is just phenomenal. Crazy. Love it. Love it. Next up at Briar Realistic Pictures. Um, she has a new bean in her collection. It looks like Acadia, which is the chestnut Bellegro. Uh, um so she's got a picture of him in a very like the the stuff around him is all very soft and out of focus right. and the horse is like hyper focused almost. Yeah, the length the focal length is mm. soft. It's just a really attractive picture and I yeah. love I love well, I love Allegro, but I really love this Allegro. Yeah. Everybody's mm. like we should do a pumpkin on Allegro and I'm like, well, they have Acadia, so, you know, yeah. Acadia looks like pumpkin. Oh, yeah. You have to pumpkin. put pumpkin on somebody else. Pumpkin looks smaller to me. Yeah, pumpkin's like a chunk. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, performance fanatic. Uh, this is I brilliant. S- I saw this on Facebook and I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, this is so brilliant. So this is uh, she made a, a attack box basically. Like like everybody does a lot of performance showing is always like I got to come up with a way to like to bring my stuff to places in, in a way that makes sense and. Mm-hmm. obviously no one's exactly figured it out because everybody tries to reinvent this wheel every couple of years. Yep. Um, but what she's done, she has PVC piping as uh, the thing to rest the saddle on. But then she also has wooden dowels um, coming out to put the stirrups into so that those stay straight and where you want them. Yeah, I lo- this is what really stood out to me is that, that she has the stirrup training yeah. built in, which I think is, is brilliant. It's brilliant. And if you scroll down on this page, you can see how she has them stacked inside um, those kind of uh, display boxes with the top. Yeah, she went she went and got a bunch of like baseball acrylic display boxes to put them in. Yeah. Which uh, that's a really smart idea. Really smart idea. And because like I have like some saddle stands that are built to look like saddle stands, which I put into those boxes. Yeah. But the saddle stands are like. They look cool, but they're kind of flimsy. Yeah, they are. They can um, be. Yeah, this is like, you know, this is like everything's, she's got, it's kind of an L of plywood. Yeah. That she's got everything yeah. kind of mounted. I mean, you can make it look prettier, but. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but it's functionally, really it's great. Yeah. yeah, functionally, it's fantastic. And she's got, I mean, a, she's got harnesses on on here. She's got English saddles on here. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just. Mm. I mean, my solution back when I was, you know, showing a ton of performance, I had a big open. I had all my accoutrement in a tackle box, right? Yep. And all the fiddle faddle was down in the drawers below. And then I had mm-hmm. this big open top area that, you know, the top, you know, yeah. opened so up. So I used but tackle it was all box. On to- yeah, but it was all on toilet paper rolls mm-hmm. in baggies and all lined up, right? Yeah. So I used, I used that f- method for a while. I still do keep things on toilet paper rolls and baggies like for the long-term storage. When I go to shows, I I invested in a um a makeup train a professional makeup train case. It's it's huge, it's right. on wheels. It's also like 
uh, it, 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 I can't think of what the word is that I want to use, but it also comes apart in like components. So you don't have to use the whole thing. Right. And it's very customizable inside. Like I, and it's easily customizable so I can switch out what I want to, you know, how big I want the little compartments oh, inside yeah. to be like on the fly. Oh yeah. Like tab, tax storage and transportation has definitely moved on from toilet oh, yeah. paper rolls and tackle boxes clearly. Well, yeah. But I, but I do think, um, I do think that uh, a point of contention is keeping your stirrups trained and especially with Western saddles and mm-hmm. the like, and I'm, and keeping your flaps trained. If you have English saddle, that's a huge problem with your flaps doing crazy. Right. So, so yeah, cause it I gets mean, used I, to being bent up and you know, you go right. to a horse and you're like, well, this is a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is at least for stirrup training is a great idea. Oh yeah. So it's a good idea all around. I think. Woohoo. Woohoo. Your turn. Me turn. Uh, uh, outskirts. <laughs> this is just wrong. Robbie, what is wrong with you? Uh, so this is actually an entrant in the MIB show. Oh, is it really? Uh, so it's the headless horseman with a pumpkin on his head, and he's uh doing um, uh, cutting or or something like that with. I don't even know what to call it's like a shark cow <laughs> yeah so I, this doll's really cool but the doll the, is dope the doll is dope but uh this this shark animal these can be found on amazon because like christina jordan posted a picture of, of one and i was like tara I'm did like, too I was tara, just like, right, tara rich yeah i was just like no and then robbie slipped me the the link where they're buying these things from and i was like i know this is not acceptable what I mean, what do you even call that? A- I forget what they called it on Amazon, but yeah, it's got a whole new meaning like, to the shark like, hole. Like I'm, I'm having a trouble looking at it right now. It's it makes so me, weird. it makes me feel weird. You gotta it, judge, the, you gotta judge this thing too. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I'll have to see what else is in that class. <laughs> Next. Next up is Animo Studio uh, with their painting a, re- uh, a medallion with earth pigments. Um, and this is a really. This is, this is a this really is amazing. Like the standard for Instagram in progress. Yeah. But it's it's like 10 images. That go from the first layer of pigment to the last layer of sealer on this thing. Yep. And it's amazing. Oh, Amazing. and I wasn't trying to correct you. I was just oh. talking. I just okay. talk. <laughs> I know, but sometimes the pause is there for a reason. It does need to be filled yet. <laughs> I was filling it with my own thoughts, not trying I know, to fill but it with yours. I know. Anyway, but... I bought anyway. this medallion. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Nice. <laughs> this is my medallion in progress. Although I pulled this for the show before she put it for sale, so I didn't know. I just okay. thought, if we're talking Instagram in progress, this is like, Oh the yeah, definition of in progress, absolutely. Right. So she's so amazing. I love Viviana. Oh God, she's amazing. This next one's amazing too. Uh, guessing. Uh, yeah, I always share their stuff because their pictures are so good. Mm. Um, so this is kind of a mix and match blue crew, as they call it. They take lots of um, color coordinated or pattern coordinated or some sort of theme in their pictures, and this one is. Um, blue briars um so it runs the gamut from the banesque blue to copenhagen and 
Wedgwood to mm-hmm. um, decorators like uh, the Fl- Flash. Is it Flash that was back to the races with the checkerboard pattern? Yep. Um, That's a- and there's uh, that... That British esprit, too, with the crazy... I love that esprit with that crazy couch. I have that, yeah. because I love that crazy couch pattern so much. <laughs> Plus the Misty's Twilight that was the centerpiece. Which no, is that's that... not... Oh, it Dark is the centerpiece one. It is. Okay, yeah, I'm like, I was looking at the Andalusian mare in the back. Yeah, and then you've um, got uh, tidy bowl horses. Yeah, and two two decorator uh, fighters, too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, quite a, it's quite a span of like like this would be a cool collector's class. Yeah, they also have Boudica, um, which is uh, painted mm-hmm. for the Picts, the Celtic uh, legend uh, warriors, and um, the blue uh, fruit stripe gum zebra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool group. Of yeah, horses. it's a, it's a great group, and it's curated really well, photographed really well. Yeah, so kudos. Yeah. Finally, Sugar Sweet Studios. Um, I, I this I could watch this video for hours. I on know end. it's so soothing in a really bizarre yeah, way. in a weird way. So this is a, a Peter Stone performance horse that was customized. I don't know when, and she threw this horse into purple power for two months, and then is just just peeling the paint off of it, and it's just coming off in huge sheets. It's just. And the, and the OF underneath it is pristine, but it's just, I I just, you have to watch it because I can't put into words just how satisfying this is to look yeah, at. Yeah, I don't, I I have no idea. I, I remember the, the bad old days with like that citrus stripping stuff that we oh, have yeah, to Oh yeah, and you'd have so. to soak it and, or, or use soap and water and hope it would creep under the paint job. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is just, I don't, I don't know if you need to leave it in there too much. She did leave it in there too much. Yeah. But, but it's just super satisfying to watch her peel this off, this, this Peter Stone performance horse that is, yeah. you know, I think I mean, also, I mean, we're probably there before because the paint job looks great. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this horse had a lot of prep work done to it. Like, it, maybe this doesn't go as easily with a horse that has been, like, prepped. I think, well, there's white under it. Maybe it had white primer on it. Like you can see a couple of layers when she pulls yeah. the paint off. So I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. But I don't know not. what I don't know what color the horse started out as yeah. either. After um, two months, who would? Yeah, it's so true. Like, like I don't know if it was like a really white pinto or a really white yeah. Appaloosa or what you know. So they yeah. made that maybe they just sprayed white paint on it. I don't know. But oh, very. Oh, I can't. It's like the fifth time I'm in a row. <laughs> one of those visuals i know i'm like i just i'm gonna asmr or something yeah uh all right we gotta close the show we gotta close the show sponsors and shout outs i have a new advertising rate package email me at info at marysblack.com that's lovely honey thanks also don't forget our patreon patreon.com slash mares and black come join us my my album drops at christmas does it really I'm buying some. It's gonna sink. sink Are you gonna be on vinyl? Is or is it just like a digital release? Oh, we gotta be. We gotta have vinyl. All right, I'm getting vinyl. vinyl. I'm I'm old school. Excellent. Uh, You can subscribe to the Mayors Black Podcast. Uh, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, or anyone else that has our stuff for Mm -hmm. download. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yay, TikTok! Yay, TikTok's a good time, man. TikTok has been a good time. 
I feel like we peaked with the berries and cream video. <laughs> <laughs> berries and cream, berries and cream. Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. All right, that's all we got. Uh, we appreciate uh, Tom, uh, Liz, and Barb coming on and talking to us uh, about Hagen Rittaker and the future of Hagen Rittaker, Tennessee, carrying on um, the legacy of um, Hagen Rittaker, California. So mm. um, thanks, guys, for coming, and we will talk to you guys soon. Soon. Yay. Bye. Bye. The Mares in Black Podcast, created and hosted by Heather Malone and Jackie Rossi. Written by Heather Malone. Produced by Heather Malone, Jackie Rossi, and Joshua Wessner. Edited by Joshua Wessner. Engineered at Two Ton Studios. Fulfillment Enforcer, Jackie Rossi. Thank you.